Thank you, Jeff. Great to see you. Great to see all of you. Those of you who are online, thanks so much for joining us. I, I did church for over a year online, and, and I met God, and I'm trusting you're going to meet him as well as with us here in person. Yes, I am representing today. You know, I have my little Twins logo on. Uh, not just because we're doing the fundraiser. You know me, I wear this a lot. Anyhow, but we've been doing these fundraisers 15 years, and it has so helped our kids' ministry. Plus, it's a great thing to invite a friend to, and they get to know that like church people are like regular people who yell when good things happen. And Well, if you're like me, try to help the umpires out with a call here or there. Anyway, it's, it's, it's like a great time. So anyway, uh, Sue and I are going, and we'd love to have you join us. Plus, I'm going on the men's retreat this year. I'm so excited, I, you know. <laughs> I think in 30 years, I might have missed, uh, you know, no, I know none of us had one last year, but maybe two. Uh, it's been one of the events that's enabled me to meet other guys and to change in, in areas of my life that, you know, there's not, maybe you don't have context where you talk about stuff a lot, but it's, it's a wonderful opportunity to meet some people that are like you that can encourage you. So anyway, I'm going and hope that you can join us too. We are in the midst of a mini-series called Community Creators. It's part of our Creators Not Consumer series. And uh, we're looking at things that build community, help create community. We talked about loving God and loving people well. Last week I talked about giving and receiving forgiveness, how important that is. Today we're going to talk about how you and I can create healthy community by using the gifts of the Holy Spirit to serve other people. He has so much he wants to do in and through your life and mine. It is interesting that it's Pentecost Sunday. We're talking about how the Holy Spirit wants to move upon and through you and I to change the world. So thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're here. Thank you that you lead us to Jesus. Thank you that you're the one who helps us become like Jesus. Thank you that you're the one who empowers us to serve others. We're so grateful. Um, so I want to ask you, I am a sports fan, and I've played on sports and watched sports. Have you ever been part of a team that tried to accomplish a goal but didn't have the resources to do it, that's kind of challenging. That could be in business, can be in music, can be in sports, can be in your family, right? Uh, my high school baseball, basketball team won five games my senior year, and we lost 20. <laughs> we were short, we were slow, and we didn't shoot very well. Other than that, we were great. <laughs> now, my high school football team was a different story. We won the conference title several years in a row, and I led it for four years. Not because I was so great, because our team was, and I played a lot as a freshman. 117-pound freshman. <laughs> That's a long time ago. <laughs> anyway, um, but why were we more successful than our basketball team? Well, one, we had a, a much, I think, clearer purpose we had a really good coaching staff with diverse perspectives, and we had gifted players. We had resources. We won consistently, and it was so much fun to be part of that. Do you know that Jesus has called you and I to be part of his team, to continue his wonderful, amazing, restoring work in the world? And you know, and I'd encourage you to read the whole Bible. I'd encourage you to read all the way through Revelation to the end. I've read the end of the book. You know what? We win! We already have one, and we win every single day as we surrender to Jesus and serve him and other people with the gifts, the actual power and ability to do real things that, that help reconstruct people's lives and our own lives. The Holy Spirit, I think, is the greatest coach of all time. He's always with us, always encouraging us, always leading us forward. 
And so he gives you and I all the gifts we'll ever need to create new communities of disciples and to build healthy community within those groups. River Heights Vineyard is one of those new communities of disciples, only 30 years old. I know, I've been here the whole journey, and it's wonderful. Now, we began as a result of a gift of the Holy Spirit, a prophetic word, and the community discernment that that was a word from God. This is how the story started. I was on staff at the Burnsville Vineyard, which is now South Metro Vineyard, and I was sitting in my office one day doing absolutely nothing. I know how to do that. I do it well. I do it regularly. I wasn't sleeping, wasn't reading the Bible, wasn't thinking about who to call. I was just sitting, and a breeze blew across my face. I could feel it, look to see if the AC had turned on. It hadn't. I had a picture of an expensive book with blank pages between the chapters, and I had a clear thought. I'm bringing this chapter. I had, I had sold books for nine years as a bookstore manager. I'm bringing this chapter of your life to a conclusion, and a new chapter is about to be written. I didn't know all that that meant, but I knew it meant something new was happening. We were going to be part of a new group. I told Sue she thought it was great. Uh, I was more nervous than she was. I thought, ah, we're leaving all of our friends, uh, you know, to, to do this thing that maybe it'll work, maybe it won't. Uh, she said, oh, it's going to be great. Uh, we, <laughs> don't you love Sue? She's just full of faith, you know. Uh, she's helped me continue to follow Jesus our whole time together. Uh, but we shared with leaders in the church and leaders in the wider vineyard, and they all discerned, yeah, God is calling you to be part of a new work. Now, context, two years previous, we'd been asked to pray about going to Milwaukee because 25 people wanted a new vineyard church there. So we prayed for 10 days. That was our deal. Pray for 10 days. You can say yes or no. We prayed for 10 days. Nine and a half days, the prayer was. Oh, Lord, please don't send us to Milwaukee. We don't want to go to Milwaukee. Ah! Now, God bless you if you love Milwaukee or have been from... But uh, we just didn't want to go there. That last half day was, okay, you've always been better at leading our lives than we have. If you want us in Milwaukee, we'll go. Immediately, no, I don't want you in Milwaukee which was a little confusing, <laughs> but, but it was context. It got us moving and thinking and praying about what's next for our life. So when this happened, then it began to make sense that a new community of disciples, that God wanted to make a new community, and that community became River Heights Vineyard. Way to go. I'm so glad that you're here. And we've been learning here at River Heights to follow the leadership of the Holy Spirit ever since. We're still learning. And I want to share a little bit of our adventure in doing that with you as we explore gifts from the Holy Spirit that we find in 1 Corinthians 12. So we're going to look at a few verses here, and I'll talk through this. Uh, the first four verses, or first verses from chapter 12, verse 4 to 7, talk about generally what are spiritual gifts. So here I'm going to read. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. The word here for gifts is charismata. You've probably heard that word, charismatic renewal and so on. It means a gift of grace. It means a couple things there. One, it means that God generously just gives you gifts. He, you don't earn them. You don't have to be a good boy or a good girl. You don't have to do a lot of things to perform. He just gives them to you. And the, and the picture here, as the scholar says, is like a party where God comes and brings all the gifts. Now, uh, we've... Uh, We've had a lot of birthday parties in our household. We have six children, 12 grandkids. Uh, we've like joined and clustered the party some because uh, we could have like a party almost every month of the year, which would be great. Now, in those parties, I've, I've watched my, my kids do this. 
the kids that come to the party usually bring a gift for the child that's having their birthday. But then they get gift bags on their way home. Every kid gets a little gift bag. The gifts of the Holy Spirit are like that. They're like God's gift bag to you because he wants to bless your life and he wants to bless others through you. So it's grace to you, but these gifts, they, they carry the grace of God in them. It's one of the ways that God's goodness comes out and is expressed through your life to others. Wonderful. Next thing. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. The word for service here is where we get our word deacon. It means to serve. So the purpose of spiritual gifts, whatever they are, whichever, it's always to serve others. And in the serving of others, guess who was also served? Jesus is. Remember Jesus' words? If you give a, a cup of cool water, cold water, and to one of the least of these, my brethren, you're really giving it to me. So as we serve each other with the gifts he gives us, Jesus is ultimately honored, and Jesus actually directs that service as well. Third thing, there are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. Jeff referenced this, that God's always working. He's a mover and a shaker and a changer. He's working. So as gifts of the Holy Spirit are expressed, for example, pray for a gift of healing for someone. I prayed for someone at the end of the service last, this last service for their wrist. And uh, my hope and prayer is that God is going to work in that wrist now. It's God's, God does the work as the gifts are shared. If you share a word of prophetic encouragement, it's God who strengthens the person. It's God then who gives comfort to the person. It's God who helps them get a restart or a recharge. God is at work in these gifts. And then now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. The word manifestation is where we get our word epiphany. It's an appearing of light. It's a bringing up of light, an explosion of light. So spiritual gifts make the invisible God, God's a spirit, right? They make him visible in the world. People can see practically that God is good through these gifts. It's very much worth your time and energy to lean into spiritual gifts, as Paul says, earnestly desire, eagerly desire spiritual gifts. Don't be neutral. Don't slide backwards. Go toward them, especially the gift of prophecy. Oh, let's look at the specific gifts of the Spirit. Which ones are available for you and I to use in creating new communities of disciples and building community in those communities? So the list in 1 Corinthians 12, it's a representative list. It isn't an exhaustive list. Paul has other lists in Romans 12, Ephesians 4. Peter has a list in 1 Peter 4. Honestly, there are gifts that God just gives people to use in the world that they're probably not even listed in the Bible, but these are a representation of those. I'm going to read them all, and then we're going to talk about individual gifts. To one, there's given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. To another, now he means another person. To another, a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by that one spirit, to another miraculous powers, to another prophecy, to another distinguishing between spirits, to another speaking in different kinds of tongues or languages, and to still another the interpretation of tongues or languages. All these are the work of one and the same spirit, and he distributes them to each one just as he determines. You know, God loves diversity, God loves unity, and so here we have one and the same spirit doing a great variety of things in the world. Now, we're going to talk about each particular gift, and I've got up on the screen, you'll have some um, Bible verses that you could look up. Um, 
and I'm going to talk about ways that I've seen this gift exercised here at River Heights. So I'm going to do, do each of them individually, but I've got to say to you, gifts come in clusters. They don't just, they're just not one gift. For example, wisdom and knowledge often work together. Prophecy and discernment often work together. Faith, healings, miracles often work together uh, because you know, God wants a lot of work done. But for our purpose, we're going to look at them individually. All right, he starts with, a message of wisdom gives us God's direction. It shows us what God sees in a situation so that we can know what to do. What's our next best step? Maybe it helps us lead a group, like what's going on in the group, what would be good for this group, or to solve a problem, or to discern God's plan. This is an incredibly helpful gift in, in our practical life. You know, James says, if you lack wisdom, ask God, he'll give it to you generously. He will. It's, it's, it's great if you're at work, like, well, what do I do about this? How might I solve this problem? Da-da-da. I'd encourage you, lean into God, lean into the Holy Spirit. Like, Holy Spirit, what would I do here? He loves your whole regular life, not just your life when you walk in these doors, but your life where you walk everywhere. Okay, family, with children, raising children, how do I best help this child connect to God or, or, go, or do their work in school? He has wisdom for that. He wants to help you and I. In Matthew 22 is the story of the people coming to Jesus. They were trying to trap him. And they said, well, should we pay taxes to Caesar? And so Jesus gets a word of wisdom. He says, hey, show me a coin. And they give him a coin. He says, whose image is on this coin? They said, well, Caesar's. Okay, well, give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar. Then give to God what belongs to him, which is like everything, right? I mean, that's a wonderful way. He got out of trouble. He solved the problem and gave him wisdom. All right, we can see this in Acts 15 where James, they're, doing, they're just trying, having a long discussion about how do non-Jewish people come into the family of God? Do they have to be circumcised, obey the law of Moses? Functionally, do they have to become culturally Jewish to get in? And they go a long discussion, and James actually has a word of wisdom from the book of Amos, but then he says, no, God is welcoming non-Jewish people to himself. We should make it easy, not difficult. Let's just tell them, avoid, avoid worshiping idols and being involved in sexual immorality. That's good for everybody, Jewish people and non-Jewish people. All right? So that's what they do. That's a word of wisdom. Now, for us at River Heights, words of wisdom, have, they've helped us in everything. I'm thinking particularly like finding places to meet. When we were going to start this church, we actually needed a place to say, hey, come here. We'll be here. Come and join us here. <laughs> you know? uh, and so we were, I was at uh, Southfield, Southfield Elementary in Invergrove, South Grove Elementary, which doesn't exist anymore. And I was walking around there trying to see if it could work, and the janitor said, hey, what are you doing here? I said, well, I'm, tr I'm trying to find a place where we could start a church. He said, why are you looking here? I said, um, where should I look? He said, go to Assembly High School. They got an auditorium with 280 seats right now. It would be awesome. You could, you could meet right there. I took it as a word from wisdom from God. And we, I went there and we rented and we were there for two years. We needed help. At that two-year mark, it just sounds like something's changing. And, and, and about, about five days after I had that feeling, they said, you know, we don't want Assembly High School being renamed Vineyard Christian Fellowship, as if that would ever happen. But anyway, basically, you want us out of here. Yep. So we found the, the shopping center by the beer tube. That was a, a word of wisdom. And actually, I was going to, my incredible negotiating skills, I'd negotiated a great deal. We could rent just the bottom for the same price we were paying for the school. I thought I was doing a great job. I come home, Sue says, well, where's the faith in that? <laughs> she said, we need, the, we need the up space so people can see us when they drive by. Oh, I thought I'd done a good job. Oh, you did a great job, honey. But you can even do a better job and get the up space for us. 
which I went back and we did, you know. And then 13 years later, with many remodels, God opened up this property. Again, it was a word of wisdom that guided us here. And I'm just going to jump to faith for a second. Faith is this mysterious surge of confidence that God's about to do something beyond you. And so here we are. We have the opportunity to buy this property. And buying the property and building the first addition for the kids was going to cost us $560,000. But we had 135 people, and 45 of them were kids. And the kids were awesome. They just didn't have very great jobs. So anyway, 90 of us. But God gave us faith he was going to do this thing. And with, with many of you, your incredible sacrificial generosity and commitment, we did it! So we bought this property. Then, years down the road, Pete Benedict is in Turkey, because we have missionaries we support there. He's with a friend named Steve Nicholson. And they're chatting, and Pete has questions about the church. And we seem like we were stuck. We get to a certain point, and we slide back. We get to a certain point, we might send a church plan out, but we, we just couldn't seem to break through number-wise. And we thought, God wants us to touch more people. What's wrong with us? And Steve said, nothing's wrong with you. You're a great church. You're a healthy church. You're, you're an active church. You're probably one of the most active small churches in our entire movement. And he said, and we, we love you. And then he said, but you've got a space problem. There's not enough room for the people that God wants to bring into this family. And so Pete brought that message back, and we talked about it together. And as leaders, we said, yes. And so we began to pray and move toward, guess what? This addition that you're sitting in. And so now we have two services meeting in this space and two services in Spanish in the auditorium, the other auditorium. It's awesome, isn't it? Could you give yourself a hand? Let's give the Lord a hand for that. That's a gift of the Spirit. That's a word of wisdom. Then there's faith. There's all kinds of other things, uh, words of prophecy. There's all kinds of things that enable this generosity. All right, so message of wisdom, message of knowledge. This gives us God's inspired insight into previously given revelation, usually scripture. And it causes us to recognize that God's speaking to us and acknowledge his will. Can I ask you a question? As you've read the Bible, maybe you have a particular pattern of reading, or, or maybe you just pick it up one day and you're reading, and, and it's like a verse jumps off the page at you. And just hits your heart and you know, that's for me. That's for now. Anybody ever have that kind of experience? Uh, that historically in the church, that's been called the illumination of the Spirit. I think it's a word of wisdom. I think it's God touching you from Scripture. This is for you, like right now, whether it's you personally, your family, or this larger family. We've had that a lot. I had that one day. Uh, one of my descriptions of that, I'll just say, it was uh, about 40 years ago. I was running Northwestern Bookstore in Burnsville, and I was on my break eating lunch. So I was in the back room, and I had been reading through the book of Matthew, and I'd come to the place in Matthew 9, 35 to 38, where it says, And Jesus went around preaching and teaching and healing every kind of sickness and disease. And he had compassion for the people because they were harassed and helpless. He looks out and he says, Hey, the fields are, are white unto harvest. The workers are, are the fields are the harvest is full and the workers are few. So pray to the Lord of the harvest that he will thrust out workers into his harvest field. I was reading that and it like jumped off the page to me and I felt God say to me, hey John, you've done some teaching and some preaching and it's been reasonably helpful to people. I loved, reasonably helpful, come on, I'm doing the best I can. Anyway, uh, he was teasing me. I don't know if God ever tease you, he just teases me at times. He said, but you've done no healing, what's up with that? And I said, I, I got into my shame cave. I can't. 
I pray for all kinds of people. I get their sicknesses. They don't get any better. I get sick. I just don't think, I'm, I don't think that's me. I think I should stick with teaching and preaching. I'm, I'm reasonably good at that. Anyway, <laughs> and he said, well, who, who gave you the power? Who taught you how to teach and preach? Who encouraged you in all those times? I did. And didn't you look foolish when you were starting? I said, oh, you have to mention that. Anyway, yes. He said, if you're willing to look foolish while you're learning to pray for healing, I will teach you how to do that. And you'll see more people healed all over the world than you could ever imagine. Now, more for me would have been, oh no, you know. But I'm glad, I have. I've seen so many people recover. Now, I've seen lots of people not be healed as I prayed to. That's just life. That was a message of knowledge from Scripture. I read that Scripture, and bam, God touched me for my life from it. So can I encourage you? It's a really good thing to read Scripture. I'm not, like, ordering you to do anything. I'm not telling you how much. There's no shame on you at all. But it's a really good thing. You'll be strengthened, and you just never know when God's going to speak in some, like, electric way to you as well as ordinary ways. Jesus quotes the passage in Deuteronomy to overcome Satan's temptations in the wilderness in Matthew 4. You can read these scriptures. All right, faith. I talked about faith. Faith is the God-given anticipation. It's a mysterious surge of confidence. It's not saving faith or faithfulness, which are both wonderful. This is a surge of faith that's something that it's kind of outside your borders. God's going to do this thing, either through a word or through an action. I talked about it, buying this property and giving resources. You know, Jesus said... Uh, to the servants, the friends of the paralyzed man that let him through the roof. And the Jesus, seeing their faith, he said, your son, son, your sins are forgiven. Jesus could see faith. All right, uh, another word from Steve Nicholson. When we were starting the church, we had six children. And uh, I just thought, how in the world is this going to work? i got to support a family of eight. I'll get a job. But who's going to hire me for two years until the church is big enough to support us? That was my mental frame. I couldn't get out of it. I was stuck in that box. I was so nervous. And Steve said to me, what are you so nervous about? What am I so nervous about? i got a long list. Anyway, he, he said, you know, God can start the church big enough to support your family right from the beginning. I, which I said, that doesn't happen in the vineyard. And he said, vineyard, schminyard, God can do whatever he wants. And bam, it broke my box. And this faith thing hit me. And so November, December, the church in Burnsville kept us in the budget. January 1, there was enough people coming. They were giving generously. There were enough resources. And they've supported our family and many other families for 30 years. It's awesome. You're awesome. Gifts of healings. They are the restoring of health or curing of an illness by divine intervention. Now, there's the... Greek word is gifts of healings. Both words are plural. Why? Because there's a lot of different kinds of sicknesses. And so evidently we need a lot of different kinds of gifts to bring healing. Uh, Peter, see Peter Wagner, who is a professor at Fuller Seminary, he has a particular gift of healing of lengthening people's legs. I don't know how many of you have ever seen that. That was a, like a really big deal in the early days of healing. Somebody has a back problem, put them in a chair, get them straight back, measure their legs. I remember doing this with a friend of mine who was doing it, and it was like at least an inch difference between the legs. And so he tells me, hey, John, why don't you pray this time? I said, what? What do I say? He says, well, ask them if they want to be taller or shorter. And I thought, you're so silly. <laughs> and so I did, and guess what? Everybody wants to be taller. Anyway, uh, so and then he said, now speak to the short leg, the left one, to grow. Really? Legs don't have ears. Come on. 
And he said, just do it. Just speak to that left leg to go. And so I did, and I see the thing moving, and the guy saying, hey, what are you doing to my leg? None of us were touching him. His leg grew right out, dead even. And then my friend said, I'm just stunned. And my friend says, like, have him walk around and see how it feels. And his pain was gone. Evidently, 85% of people in the world have uneven legs, and you hit the ground in different ways, and it can cause back issues. Anyway, that's a specific kind of healing. <clears throat> but we've had many healings over 30 years with backs and knees and headaches and heartaches and so on, and I just hope that we have many, many more for the rest of our journey. Miraculous powers. They're events in which people and things are visibly and beneficially affected in an extraordinary way by the power of God. Jesus raising Lazarus, Jairus' daughter from the dead. Jesus feeding over 15,000 people. Financial, immediate total healings. Freedom from bondage and addictions. Prophecy, that's declaring the heart of God and the power of the Spirit to, directing to the need of the moment, bringing encouragement or comfort or strengthening the resolve of those who need it. Simply put, Prophecy is there to build you up, to cheer you up, to stir you up. You know, prophecy can help remove grief and give you hope when you're going through a really hard time. Prophecy can encourage you to keep going. Prophecy can stir you up, can help you get started again if you've slowed down or feel like you're stuck. That's one of the reasons Paul encourages people to seek that gift almost more than any other one. It's so helpful. We see that in the midst of worship here at River Heights. In the midst of worship, often people get words. I would encourage you when you come to worship, like, be open, pay attention to the things God says to you. They may be for your life. They might be for somebody else around you that you could go talk to. We're going to start praying in person again in June here. Uh, most of the prophetic insights I get are when I'm praying for somebody. and Because God loves them and he wants to speak to them and give me like a bigger picture. Ask him for that. Discerning of spirits, that's the God-given capacity to recognize the source and the significance of spiritual activity. Is the Holy Spirit speaking here? Is it just me and some of my best ideas? Is it an evil spirit speaking? I'll give you a little tip here. There's power on the words the Holy Spirit speaks. There's also power on the words the evil spirit speaks. There's not much power if it's just my own human words. But we need to know the difference so that we can cooperate with the words the Holy Spirit speaking and we can resist the words the evil one might be speaking. Especially helpful in healing prayer, too, because some sicknesses, some, are stimulated and stirred by evil spirits. And if we're not getting at that, we're going to have a difficult time seeing the sustained healing that we want. That's a gift the Lord gives. Speaking in tongues, interpreting tongues. That's, those are speaking in languages you haven't learned. Uh, it strengthens you personally, and if it's in a public context, it's either prayer or praise, and it can strengthen the group if there's a gift of interpretation publicly so people can catch it and get in on the benefit of it. We have seen all these gifts utilized throughout the history of River Heights to create new communities of disciples and build healthy community. And I hope we see this more and more and more and more and more. So how can you and I exercise the gifts of the Holy Spirit more and more? John Wimber used to say a little, little simple phrase, if you want to grow in anything spiritually, you need to do it. You need to be doing it, practicing it. And then you need to think about it, talk to other people who are doing it, or read about it and learn more, and then keep doing it. That's the loop. Do it, talk about it, do it. And you just keep doing that, You, whether it's worship leading, or leading a group, or, or gifts of the Spirit. So what gifts of the Spirit are you presently using to serve other people? 
I encourage you to think about that this week. What gift would you like to use to serve others? Desire is a big deal. Paul says, earnestly desire spiritual gifts. And then what are you prepared to do to use these gifts? There's a book that's going to come up that I found really helpful by Sam Storms, The Beginner's Guide to Spiritual Gifts. That could be a helpful book for you. Now, we like to close our services with worship and prayer, so if the music team could come on up and get ready. My phone says I'm done. Uh, if the music team could come up, they're getting ready. I'm going to give you a few tips, things you could put this into practice. They will lead us in some worship, and they'll let us know when, when we are wrapped up today. First thing I'd say is just get started. If you haven't begun to follow Jesus, just start following him. Join his team. He's got a great team. He loves you. Read. Read 1 Corinthians 12, 13, 14. We read a little bit of chapter 12, but 13 is the love chapter. 14 is how gifts work in a meeting. It's a unit. It's, you, you learn much more if you read it all together. And then I would encourage you, make space in your reading to read the Gospels and Acts over and over and over and over. I do that several times a year because I want to be stirred with these things. And then pray. Ask the Holy Spirit to fill you and give you gifts to serve. And then you can ask other people who might be already using the gifts that you would like. Like when I wanted to grow in prophecy, I asked people who were using that gift really well who would encourage me, would you pray for me? Would you pray for me? When I wanted to grow in healing, I asked people that were already, that were further down the road than me, would you pray for me? And they did. There's something called impartation. It's mysterious and it's real. And then do. Would you, would you consider joining a life group where you can practice in a safe environment and get some feedback? Take some risks. Move out of your comfort zone. Serve others. And have some fun doing it. Okay? And Jeff mentioned Alpha. I would encourage Alpha. The Holy Spirit Day is a wonderful day for this. You know, I put on my uh, connection card last week, would you consider leading a group? I wrote this wonderful faith-filled word, maybe. <laughs> to <laughs> which Gay responded immediately, uh, what does maybe mean? Do you want to lead a group? And so I'm thinking. Uh, as I was doing this message, I felt God say, why don't you lead a group on practicing the gifts of the Holy Spirit this summer? So I'm going to do that, and you're welcome to join me. I'll give you more information as I know it. Uh, so we want, to, we want to worship together here. I'm just going to say a couple words for healing and encourage you to be asking God to heal in these areas. Somebody's got pain behind your ear. Somebody's got wrist pain, a little hard to grip things. Somebody has some jaw pain, it could be TMJ. Things are not just lined up right. And then for many of you, God's word is stir up the gifts you have. I've given them to you. You've let them get a little dormant. It's time to stir them up because God wants to work through your life. Lord, would you, would you work in us? Would you bring the healing we need today, personally? Would you bring the encouragement we need today? Would you help us to be more activated in these things? And we thank you that you're, you love this whole world. Every context we're in, you want to touch people and love them. Would you do that through us, we ask in Jesus' name.